You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Brandon Lee Gowden. What's up, BLG? Stats, I'm stretching out. I'm getting ready to run a 40-yard dash. Uh, no, I'm not, because I'm not going to be at the Combine. Um, just doing well, Stats. I'm doing great. Just got done listening to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL show, which you filled in on. And won an MVP award, not even on a show you regularly do. Uh, RJ Ochoa hosts the podcast and can't even win an MVP on his own <laughs> podcast. Really sad to see, but uh, great to be here with you, Stats. Thank you. Well, look, we give out MVPs and LVPs every week. I couldn't go on Monday Football Monday and not represent the oddcast, so I had to take it home for us. I am proud of you, and uh, I'm proud of Rachel, you know, our wonderful producer here. Yes. At Nation NFL Show and at Bleeding Green Nation. So before we get into the top combine storylines and the most interesting people related to the combine, which is the main subject of today's show, I want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. It is so, so special. We can't even tell you about it. It's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. All right, BLG, like you said. People are limbering up. The combine is here. They're getting in their fancy underwear, getting ready to run and jump and do all those things. And just kind of a broad 10,000 foot view of this thing. I think it's really interesting that the NFL is more than ever. They're trying to pump it up, right? They're trying to make it bigger. They want to move it out of, of Indianapolis. They want it to go to LA. They want it to go to all these places. Maybe Dallas they're talking about. But in terms of, The league, it's getting smaller. Like there are coaches, 49ers coaches are not going. The Rams coaches are not going. The Jets coaches are not going. The league is seeing less and less value in this thing. Yeah, I mean, are you excited for it, Stats? Do you Are you getting pumped that the combine is here, at least when it comes to on-the-field prospect stuff? Because I think that's, you know, mildly interesting. But to me, the best part about the combine is the news cycle starts to kick up and that there is this tampering and whatever going on. As RJ, by the way, who is, <laughs> we just mentioned, is like blowing up the Slack channel right now, uh, not distracting at all. Um, <laughs> good job by him to try to interfere with the show. Um, you know, I think the most interesting thing is the news cycle picking up, rumors being discussed and everything. So a lot of that, you know, obviously isn't like televised. It's not the the public part of the combine. But to me, that's that's what I care about the most. Like the, the prospect stuff, that's, again, mildly interesting at best. I agree. And I just want to remind everybody, we have entered the season of lying. So you're going to hear from a lot of coaches and GMs this week because they're all not all, but most are in Indianapolis and they're going to give press conferences. 
take what they say with a huge, huge grain of salt. We are in the season of lying for sure. Well, on that point, stats, uh, shout out to uh, Hayden Winks, who's a good follow on Twitter, yes. um, who tweeted out a screen cap uh, or retweeted an old tweet that he had of like screen caps of all these storylines from the 2020 combine, which is obviously the last one we had. Um, and just a few examples here. Vikings GM Rick Spielman, quote, there is no reason to anticipate that Stefan Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking hmm. traded to the Bills. Uh, <laughs> Matt Rule is, quote, unquote, unbelievably excited for Cam Newton. He got cut. To play uh, with another team. Yep. And then uh, Anthony Lynn said he likes using Austin Eckler in a, quote, tandem role and that he, quote, likes him with another guy. Austin Eckler obviously pretty much been the guy for the Chargers when he's been <laughs> healthy. So, yeah, uh, it makes sense. I mean, it's right before free agency. These teams aren't going to try to give away everything and be completely honest and transparent with the media, uh, which kind of makes it funny. And even the combine even maybe a little bit less <laughs> useful. So when I look at what's going on in Indy, there are two. The two most interesting things that jump out to me are, one, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? And the reason that matters is because I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the first domino that has to fall in the quarterback market, BLG, because anybody that wants a quarterback is going to look at two people. They're going to look at Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to look at Russell Wilson. I think that the Roger, Rodgers might be at the top of people's lists because I think he's better than Russell Wilson. And we got uh, reports that he's negotiating a short-term contract with the Packers in case he decides to come back. There have been rumors out there that he wants $50 million a year. Um, I think that Aaron Rodgers will be the first domino to fall. And I think we're going to know before the end of the combine what he's doing one way or another. I mean, we kind of better in terms of <laughs> this report that was out there that, or whatever he said, he's going to, decide soon i mean that was what a week ago and now everyone is getting together to meet and discuss uh so yeah i would hope so like now is an actual point where something should be figured out ahead of free agency uh also not that aaron Rodgers, i think necessarily cares 100 percent about the packers but you know you would think <laughs> uh the packers would be putting pressure on him so they could figure out what to do with Devonte adams and, and Devonte adams can make a decision on his future and all that uh you know being coordinated there but yeah that is really the big uh shoe to drop um the first domino to fall if you will so uh, i would assume we're gonna hear something about that but i don't know last offseason it took a billion years for aaron Rodgers to get we get get us any clarity i don't think it's gonna be the same situation as it was last year but you know, i don't know soon to me doesn't necessarily mean soon until i see it happen but i just feel like if he's negotiating with the packers He's not retiring, right? Maybe he doesn't want to stay in Green Bay, but they're working on a contract. I just feel like if there was no chance of that being necessary, they wouldn't go through the whole procedure. So I, I feel like that's at least a hint that he wants to play next year. How could he not want to play next year? He's literally the MVP of the league. He, he was going to walk away. I don't believe it. I think we know Aaron Rodgers is kind of a weird guy uh, or not necessarily the most predictable person. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, non-zero chance. I think, you know, if, if this is being talked about, then yeah, it's more likely than not, but I don't know that any of us knows exactly what he's going to do or exactly what's going to happen with this situation. We have our own inclinations and leanings, but it's just not like as simple as a, a chalk option that you just like, yep, this is going to happen. It's that cut and dry. So, um, be nice to get some more clarity on that this week. 
I just think that there's no way he walks away from the sport where the last game he played is a home playoff loss to a team that didn't score an offensive touchdown. Mm. Uh, Like, I don't know. I think he's prideful. I think he's petty like that, too. Like, he doesn't want to be remembered that way or go out like that. And so I think he's coming back. I still think that Denver is the most logical place. It's out of the conference. It has a head coach that he clearly loves in Nathaniel Hackett. They have pieces in place. I I just think it makes sense for both sides. The only thing is I just have no idea what the Packers would do at quarterback uh, after the Aaron Rodgers trade, but I guess that's their damn problem. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's kind of the thing where it doesn't make sense for both sides. Because like, what are you doing and what are you getting? Um, I, I think it's often uh, cited for Bill Simmons, mostly talking about the NBA when he discusses this. But, you know, the idea of trading four quarters for a dollar and like it, that sounds equal in theory. But when it comes to, you know, like the star player, you kind of want the dollar as opposed to all those pieces that might, in theory, add up to to all of that. So, like, what are you getting back for Aaron Rodgers? You know, like, what, what's the return? And do you feel anything like in the in the way of optimism about Jordan Love? I don't, I don't think so. Right? Yeah. How could you? How could you look at Jordan Love thus far and be like, "Yep, that's a real plan." I mean, he's <laughs> he's like an option to you that exists, but it's not like something. I don't I don't know how you could have any kind of like amazing feeling about him. Uh, so yeah. So what do the Packers even do if Aaron Rodgers isn't their quarterback next year? Maybe they, maybe they look at it like, you know what? We'll, we'll take it on the chin for a year. We'll have a rough year. And then maybe we can get at the top of the draft or close to it, or, or we'll figure something out, you know, next year, because the, the big talking point with this draft is it's a little light on high end talent. Uh, it's a little more deep and there's, there's, more talent throughout it. But if you want a quarterback, this is not the year to look to the draft for that. I I think that the Aaron Rodgers domino is going to fall BLG. And that kind of leads into my next most interesting person at the combine, who I think you're going to agree. How is it not Howie Roseman? I feel like Mm. the Eagles control so much of what happens this off season. When you have three first round draft picks in one year, you are you can do whatever you want, I feel like. If they want to trade for Russell Wilson, I think that they can do it. If they want to trade for Aaron Rodgers, that yeah, I think that if they really put I don't think the Packers are going to turn down three first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. If they want to trade for Deshaun Watson, I'm sure Houston would be willing to listen. He has so much control. The only thing that I, I worry about is the expectations for what he does are so high, right? If he just makes the the draft picks and doesn't make a deal or do anything like that, people are going to be like, that's it? Like, he almost has to pull off a blockbuster trade. Well, it's in his DNA. Like, Harry Roseman, um, I don't know if this is updated, but for a time, he's, he, like, led the NFL in trades since he was hired as GM back in 2010. I'm guessing that still might be true. Uh, you know, obviously, they're not all the GMs have been in place since that time frame. But if you look at um, the amount of trades per team, I still think the Eagles would be, if not number one, they're certainly up there. And I think there's a 0% chance stats that the Eagles are going to make all of those picks at 15, 16 and 19 in the first round. There's, there's just no way. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Because like, okay, you're just going to take like three defenders or two defenders and a receiver and just hope that Jalen Hurts turns out to be the guy for you. And next year, uh, <laughs> if there's a scenario where he's kind of just what he was in 2021, like then what? 
you're just stuck because at that point you're probably not bad enough to get a super high pick in the 2023 draft and you don't have these extra picks to work with so that kind of puts the pressure i think on the eagles now whereas a lot of people a lot of eagles fans stats want to uh say that like you have to be patient with it you have to just wait and grow this thing organically and you can add a quarterback down the road and my thing with that is always like how do you know that you don't know that like that's not a certainty that there's just going to be a light at the end of the tunnel i think people think of risk in the wrong way sometimes in terms of like it's risky to go make a big move yes sure it is but it's funny stats i was actually listening to a howie roseman interview that he did with the eagles official website ahead of his uh wednesday press conference that'll be at the combine and one of the things he said in there was interesting to me and caught my attention and was like it's really hard to win a super bowl and that's common sense but like his point was sometimes you have to do things that are kind of like really outside the box because it's so hard that you have to take a huge swing and it might blow up in your face. And to me, I'm, I'm, I'm reading that and I'm like, now I'm obviously biased here. So is he telling me that like, is this like the justification? Is he laying the ground for a quarterback trade at the same time? The next answer he gave was something about how like you, you need to be cautious and you need to like, you be, you know, you need to be prudent about how you're spending your cap space. Cause you don't want to, you know, uh, like lose a lot of young talent or whatever so he kind of like heads it back there a little bit and that's what this season is like you said we said it's about kind of covering all your bases and not giving your attentions or intentions away um and and how he's really good at that like he doesn't really just he's not very transparent and and giving away his plans um but yeah so there's a lot of different ways the eagles can go again i just don't think there's any chance they keep all those picks um i don't get the sense that a trade for a veteran quarterback is most likely just from a standpoint of Russell Wilson has to want to come to Philly. Aaron Rodgers would have to want to come to Philly. Deshaun Watson also has a no trade clause. So like, it's not even totally up to the Eagles. If even if they give like a really strong offer out there. Um, and one last thing on my big rambling point here, I've seen a lot of <laughs> Eagles fans talk about how like, Oh, four first round picks and Darius Slay Cause Colin Coward threw that out there last week. That's not like a real offer. That's not like he, he wasn't like saying this is what it would take. I know sources. He was just like throwing stuff out there and making a general point that somehow become the straw man that everyone's like taking down now. It's like, you want to give up four first round picks? No, no one is saying that. So, uh, but, but obviously there's a, a lot of decisions to be made here and, uh, it's kind of needed because this Eagles team needs a shot in the arm stats. They've kind of been boring and irrelevant for a bit here. And it would be nice if they could make this big move, but we'll see. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. First of all, 
just as a side note, I know Colin Cowherd. I've worked on Colin Cowherd's show at ESPN Radio when he was there. Let me just tell you, do not take any sort of insider advice from Colin Cowherd. Do not do it. He's throwing stuff against the wall. I know this from personal experience, okay? Colin's main concern is being interesting, and he does it at an incredible level. But sure. just keep that in mind when you hear him throw out these deals like this. I mean, obviously it worked because you're talking about it. People are talking about it. But I would not uh, take that with any degree of you know certainty that he's got sources or anything like that. Second of all, I think the Eagles are going to be aggressive. And you're right. Like, there's no trade clauses. But realistically, like, I think that Russell Wilson is so frustrated with Seattle that if if the Philly deal was on the table, I think he takes it. I really do. And if you're the Eagles, you get Russell Wilson, you're the favorite in that division to me. I don't care about the Cowboys. If, if the Eagles pull off that trade for Russell Wilson, to me, they are the, absolutely the favorite in the division. And I don't, I don't know. I just agree with you. I don't think that Howie is afraid. He doesn't live in his fears. Like he'll take a big swing. So I think the Eagles are going to do something. I think it's going to be a blockbuster type deal. And I think it's going to be super exciting. And thank God, because we need a little of that. These, these coaches are risk averse. Let's get some of the GMs that are more willing to do some stuff. I hope you're right, Stats. Um, we'll see. I kind of wonder, though, from like the Seahawks perspective, because where they're at, like, I just don't know if they're going to trade Russ. Like last year, last offseason, you were very confident it was going to happen. Yes. And I didn't think you were necessarily wrong just because we saw a list of teams that Russell Wilson <laughs> wanted to go to. And you confronted him about that here in the SB Nation NFL show. And even with his interview with you, you know, he said all the right things in terms of like, I'm focused on Seattle or whatever, but as a point to these combine uh, interviews and things we'll hear. And something I always like to say is it's not about what's said. It's about what's not said. Like that's mm -hmm. the, the interesting thing. And I, I didn't like, and, and maybe I'm just biased here and I'm colored because I want Russell Wilson in an Eagles midnight green uniform. But uh, I didn't hear in his answers to you, like, I am not requesting a trade no matter what. Like, I want to be in Seattle no matter what. Like, he didn't say that. Like, I thought, you know, he kind of, he said enough to cover his bases of like, yeah, I, you know, Seattle's my focus right now. But is it going to be his focus in a couple of weeks when he's asking for a trade? <laughs> or like, or would certainly be willing to go elsewhere? So, but but you look at what Seattle's doing and Pete Carroll is back. And it looks like the way they're operating to me isn't, of like a rebuild kind of mindset at least just yet and maybe that'll you know they'll flip the switch if russ is gone um but i, I just don't even know for sure that he is going to be gone so where are you with that where are you with that so the reason i was so confident last year was because like you said that list of teams came out and russ i mean he went on the dan patrick show and torched his offensive line like totally threw them <laughs> under the bus and i thought okay russ is putting his foot on the gas to get out of town and then he just stopped. And I think he stopped because he started to get criticized and he's very sensitive about how he is perceived. So we took all his foot off the gas. Seattle had no motivation to trade him in part because of what you're talking about. They didn't really have a backup plan or anything like that. And he stayed there in Seattle. So the question this offseason is going to be if Russ is willing to do what it takes and, and suffer the slings and arrows a little bit here, he'll get traded. So, but the like you said, the only way that happens is if he really flat out comes out and says, I'm done here. I want out. 
And he doesn't have to do that in a mean way. And I tried to say that in the interview, and I don't think it came across as well as I could have come across. He could just say, look, <laughs> we have gone as far as we can go. I've taken this franchise to heights that they have never seen before in their entire history. We did as much as we can do. It was great. We should be happy that it happened, but now it's just time to go our separate ways. And I don't think that he would, he would get some hate, but like, I don't think the majority of NFL fans would be mad at him. If he said that Brady left new England, Peyton left Indianapolis. Like it happens far left green Bay. So if he comes out and says that in those terms, I think that's going to be enough eventually to get Seattle to move on from him. And if he doesn't, he won't get traded because like you said, Pete Carroll is, is in his what? Seventies now, late sixties, seventies. He's not going to want to trade him. I don't think that uh, uh, the GM Schneider, John Schneider is going to want to trade him. So Russ is going to have to force this if it happens. And maybe some part of this is like, you know, really playing up their leverage and making it look like they are running it back. So they get really good offers and maybe they kind of, and maybe Russ is kind of actually being a good soldier on that front for the Seahawks and they're communicating with him. They're like, Hey, like we know you might want out, but like you have to act like, you know, you, you can't do that. Like you have to act like you want back. And we, we're going to act like we want you back because that way we're going to get a really good offer and then uh, we'll ship you out at that point. And I don't know if that's realistic. Maybe that's a little naive, but um, I just I'm hopeful, obviously, again, that it happens here. And uh, to your point about like him like, being vilified, I mean, things were bad in Seattle last year. Like, <laughs> like right. it's, it's really weird that we're kind of just that the Seahawks would just be running it back because like. It was bad. What did you really do to like fix? So you like you got rid of your defensive coordinator. Okay, well, it was not, like not the only issue with the team last year. Like the whole vibe yep. was off, and it wasn't just like well, the offense was amazing and the defense sucked. So we just get rid of the defensive coordinator, and now everything is solved. Like no, that's not the simple fix here. Um, so it is really weird to me that they would just kind of run it back uh, when it seems like you know it's clearly over. Things are, it's clearly time to kind of turn a page there. Um, but. I don't know. They're, they're, I think they could be stubborn about it. The Seahawks could be stubborn and try to go another year too long. And then maybe it's next year in 2023 that they finally have to force to turn the page because teams do that. Teams get stubborn. Okay. Do you have another person or storyline on your list for combine talking points? Well, I feel like you should probably talk about some of the prospects here, stats, and uh, not going to do a deep dive into those specific players just yet, um, like a whole breakdown here. But I think you have to look at two positions that are most interesting to me, at least. And again, colored by being an Eagles fan, but uh, quarterback, because we, we just talked a lot about quarterback. But I was looking at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 prospects, which I always like. I, I love uh, DJ's opinions. I think he obviously has a lot of good insight um, and stats. Do you know where his top quarterback was ranked at on that list? I believe it was 28. Yeah, on the nose. It was Kenny Pickett. He has uh, <laughs> him at number 28. Good job by you. And then Malik Willis is 32nd. So, like, barely in the first round. If we're to take, you know, obviously it's not how exactly his rankings work. And it's not like teams will adhere to that. Um, but kind of crazy that, like, barely kind of for two first-round quarterbacks in this class. And, you know, we'll see how it changes leading up to the draft. And I'm sure some of these guys, maybe they might rise or who knows, maybe they might fall. Um, but I think that's really interesting. And you know, there's only so much to be learned about these prospects at the combine. The way I think about the combine stats is I bring up uh, Justin Jefferson, who should have been an Eagle. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's not about like, wow, 
he was amazing at the combine, so the Eagles have to draft him. It was more like, wow, he was an incredible player at LSU in terms of the stats, uh, your namesake, uh, the highlights and the tape. That looks great, you know, checking all the boxes there. And he tested well athletically, better than people expected. So it's like he literally checks every box. So why not take that guy? Um, so we'll see if these quarterbacks can kind of check a box here at the combine and maybe boost their stock a little bit. Um, who do you think is the first quarterback off the board when it's all said and done this year? Jeez. I mean, when you're telling me that the best quarterback in this class is a borderline first round pick, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a betting favorite. It makes me think of the 2013 NFL draft. Do you remember where there was one quarterback take it? Was it no quarterbacks in the first round or one quarterback? Oh, EJ Manuel. Yeah, yeah. He was 16th overall. And that was when, uh, that's right, that's when, what's his face there, Geno Smith didn't get drafted in the first round, and then remember he mm-hmm. left because he was all upset <laughs> about it. But you go back and look at that 2013 draft. I mean, the top five, Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, Deion Jordan, Lane Johnson, Ziggy Ansah. That was your top five. The Eagles made the best pick in the top five that year. Yeah, it's true. And they they worked out Geno Smith. They were really looking hard at him, but obviously it wasn't meant to be. Man, so when you say that, I don't know. I mean, I saw a report this morning, I think, that the Steelers really love Malik Willis, which <laughs> to me, I think is, you know, if you hear a team loves a guy, that means they don't love a guy pretty much. <laughs> We're in the season of lying. I wonder if that's posturing for a potential Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Ooh. Maybe the Steelers don't want to pay what the 49ers are asking, so they're floating out there. That they'll, Hey, we like Malik Willis. We'll just take him. <laughs> but I think he'll be the first quarterback. Uh, to answer your question, just because, I mean, some of his just raw physical ability, I, I'm not going to pretend like I have been watching a ton of college football. In fact, I've watched none of it. I've seen some highlights and I, I again, I haven't seen any low lights, but just the highlights I've seen, the physical things that he can do in terms of moving, escaping defenders, and then chucking the ball downfield in a class where you don't have like a, a true number one guy, I feel like that's going to win out and somebody's going to take a chance on that. Maybe it's not in the first round, but somebody is going to say, you know what? There's too much good here to ignore. Where do you think uh, the first quarterback is taken? Like, do you think they're taken in the first round? The only reason I lean yes. And maybe it's the bottom of the first round, because if you do like a quarterback, and you take them in the first round, you get that fifth-year option, right? That was part of the reason the Ravens wanted to trade up at the bottom of the first round to get Lamar Jackson, because you get that extra year, and that's a big deal. Um, I don't know if we see it this year, though. <laughs> I, I can't say. I'm going to say definitely – I'll say no. I'll say no first-round wow. quarterback this year. That's crazy. I, I think there has to – the interesting thing to me about this quarterback class, I guess, though, is like there comes a certain point where – the risk has to be worth the reward, right? Like, it's almost just like, at a certain point, you're like, why not take this guy? Because if he does hit, this is a pretty good value to have, and we're getting him, let's say, Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, and I'm not saying this is necessarily likely, but let's say they fall to, like, the 50s. You know, they're like, okay, team is like, hey, we kind of need, or we could, even a team with a quarterback, but this kind of maybe not... You know, like he's not a Hall of Famer, like let's say the Raiders with Derek Carr. And it's like Kenny Pickett's still here. Like, hey, why not? Let's get him in here just in case to have this. this and it's a good value. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting because quarterback usually isn't like that, at least to me. I feel like you kind of have to really love the guy. But I think with the, the way the board could shake out here, there could kind of be some more of those opportunities. And I also just want to say that, like, 
this idea that we definitely know what the quarterback class is going to be like is a little much for me. Uh, I, I can agree with people that, and obviously I trust these, these you know, a guy like Daniel Jeremiah, that these aren't necessarily amazing prospects that you would want to take, let's say, in the top 10. But, I mean, at this time, a couple of years ago, back in 2017, people weren't saying Patrick Mahomes is going to be like the best quarterback potentially ever. He was drafted at number 10. People weren't saying that, you know, Deshaun Watson obviously had a lot of fans, but he fell to 12. Um, so it's not just like always as cut and dry as we think it is. I always bring up how a lot of people I remember because I was covering this at the time were like, oh, the Eagles shouldn't trade up for in the 2016 draft because Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, they're nothing like Jameis Winston and Mariota. And like, okay, <laughs> uh, how did that age? Um, so and not really well for anyone there. Um, but at least Carson Wentz like started last year. I guess Jameis did too for the Saints until he got hurt. But, you know, Mariota was a backup um, and Goff was starting. So you, you never know is my point. Like you don't know for sure how a quarterback class is going to play out. And at some point, getting back to my original point here, that there's, it's going to be worth the risk. Because even if it doesn't work out, I mean, if you get him at the right cost, then like, hey, it was a good shot to take. The Dallas Cowboys not doing more when Dak Prescott, their starting quarterback, was on a fourth round <laughs> contract is that should go on the tombstone the football tombstone of jerry jones like if you hit on a quarterback that you don't take in the first round you have such an advantage salary cap wise compared to other teams you need to take advantage of that because you'll never have that again they didn't but you're right it's, so you it is a reason to take a flyer on one of these guys eventually because if it works out it's a huge huge feather in your cap and Look, I mean, Derek Carr, you mentioned Derek Carr. He could be on the move, too. We, we could see some things here. I think especially if Russ and Aaron Rodgers don't get traded, I wonder if teams get a little creative. You know, maybe mm. they do look to a guy like Derek Carr. Then they, they could say, yeah, he's not as good as those guys top end, but we're also not going to have to give up three first-round picks to get him. So uh, I you threw that name out there, and that bell just went off in my head. Um, the other thing I look forward to is I look forward to getting to know some of these players, B.O.D. I remember – Baker Mayfield at the combine saying, yeah, I'm, I can take the Browns to the playoffs. I love that. That's interesting to me. I like, and he did. And he did. I like players getting a chance to show their personality a little bit like Joe Burrow. Remember when they measured Joe Burrow's hands and they were small. And then he tweeted, I've, I've been informed my hands are small. I'm going to retire from the NFL. Like I like this stuff. You know, it's, it's weird to go back and look. And if you go on Twitter, you can see, the NFL has been like retweeting combine workouts from players that now we know and love like Odell Beckham Jr. And he runs like a blazing 40 yard draft, a 40 yard dash. And people are like, yeah, this guy might be pretty good. It's like, yeah, that was Odell Beckham Jr. So it's cool to go back and see like this is our first chance to get to know a lot of these players. Even, uh, you know, it's always fun when there's a really great 40 like John Ross obviously didn't turn out to be an amazing NFL player, but it was exciting at the time. And like, wow, this guy ran a 4-2. Um, so, yeah, there's some of that um dk metcalf i think is a good example of God. someone not, not only blew up the combine from an <laughs> athletic testing perspective mm -hmm. but the whole uh shirtless thing uh with the seahawks with pete uh, carroll with, yeah yeah pete carroll, they bring him into the interview room for people who don't remember and uh and dk was shirtless so pete carroll took his off too uh his shirt which is really good um so yeah there's that's stuff great. like that yeah man um, that's that's fun this should be 
fun. I like that. I, I like all the cool stuff that goes along with that. Let it be. It doesn't have to be like so serious. If you make it serious, it, it gets kind of creepy. We're like, we're measuring people. We're checking their arm <laughs> length. Like there's a weird vibe. You got to relax a little bit. I think the combine loses some steam too, um, you know, because it's, it's a multi-day thing. So as it's getting like later uh, in the in the process of it all, some of the, the media members have already left town. Um, some of the, a lot of the players or sorry, a lot of the coaches and executives maybe have already left by that point too. Um, if they're even attending at all, like you said, some of them right. aren't even there. Um, so uh, that's another thing that's kind of uh, not the best about it is I think it loses some steam um, as it goes along at least a, the actual like televised product, uh, especially. Um, one of the other things I guess I'm looking forward to this week, we've talked a lot about quarterbacks here, so let's probably move off that a little bit. And my question for you, Stats, is like, who is the non-top quarterback trade target this offseason? Like, you know, we're all talking about where the QBs are going to move, but um, like, who who is that guy who isn't a quarterback who is the most coveted trade target? I love this question because I always look at it two ways. Like there are guys like you're kind of talking about where they're like, quote unquote, on the market. But then there are guys that are not being talked about as potentially available who you can go and get. For This instance, is your thing. You love to say this. Yeah. Like I if I were the Eagles right now, if I wanted to get a little nuts, maybe you call up the Cardinals and you're like, hey, I got three first round picks. Would you be willing to give up Kyler Murray? Clearly, there's issues there, right? Like there is, there are problems in Arizona. I don't want them. Oh, well, okay, but you you see my point I know here, your right? Point is, yeah. Like, so let's go. I mean, if you go through it, I think there are potentially. The first thing I look at is like who's who's got issues with the team, right? That's always any problems. I have no compunction about swooping in and taking advantage of another team's problems. Um. But if I had to look, I'm trying to look right now at the teams and figure out like who is a potential trade target non-quarterback wise. So for me, the first name that come to mind came to mind was uh, Calvin Ridley. I mean, obviously that's been out there yes. for a bit in terms of him stepping away for mental health reasons during the 2021 season. And it even kind of seems like based on some of the comments the Falcons have made, they're pretty you know open to to dealing him. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, where that's at exactly. I don't know where Calvin Ridley is at exactly. So I don't know, you know, like what you could even say the price is for, like, is he, you know, ready to come back? I, I don't know that. Uh, we'll see. Um, but I, that's obviously a big one to watch. Um, it's funny because, and again, like the quarterbacks dominate the headlines, but that's maybe it's a question without an answer. I just think that's something to think about this offseason is just like, who is that non uh, quarterback trade target that like people, everyone should be claiming, clamoring for. And, you know, we've seen it in some of these past off seasons, and sometimes it pops up in a very unexpected way. Like DeAndre Hopkins was not expected to be moved, like I believe, if I'm not remembering correctly here, like right after the season ended a couple of years ago, like that kind of came up very quickly. I think I remember in like a Peter King Monday uh, morning quarterback column where he was like, yeah, actually, the Texans might move DeAndre Hopkins. And I think a lot of people were like, no, that's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. And then a couple of days later, he's a member of the Arizona they Cardinals. They traded him for a bag of cats. <laughs> yeah. So to your point, like some of these guys like might not even be seemingly available right now, which is why you can't come up with that answer. But that's kind of one of the things to see here. I have two names that uh, now that I've had a chance to catch my breath a little bit, two names pop into my head. One, Saquon Barkley of the New York mm. Giants. I think now 
I don't know what teams are going to be willing to give up to get him, but I think he's he's gettable if you want a running back and you want a player. I mean, who wouldn't be looking to get out of the New York Giants right now? They're a disaster of an organization. I think that's one. And the other one, it, it wouldn't be cheap. But again, capitalizing on problems, I would call the Minnesota Vikings and inquire about Justin Jefferson. Yeah. To me, it just doesn't seem like everything's copacetic there. Mm. Clearly, I wonder I why. Mean, <laughs> See, don't don't try and pin this on Kirk Cousins. Um, and you know, there's a there's a new regime there. Uh, True, they're not necessarily tied to Justin Jefferson. They didn't draft Justin Jefferson. It wouldn't be cheap, like I said. But I think if the Eagles wanted Justin Jefferson badly, <laughs> they could get him. BLG, you when you have three first round picks, you can get anybody almost. I mean, I would love that in theory. Like, obviously, I don't think the Eagles have the right quarterback situation to go make that trade. But if they did, oh my God, then you would have Devonte Smith and Justin Jefferson. You would love that. And Jalen Rager. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's um, not all perfect, but uh, yeah, I, I do think that's a, that's a good one to include. There's definitely been some, some weird vibes with Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. And I don't think, I mean, you know, it's a bit obviously for me to say like, Kirk is involved, but I do think that's a factor. And I don't think, I think we've seen some receivers have frustration with Kirk before. Um, True. I mean, we saw it with Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Yeah, So um, not impossible. I think, you know, the Vikings would obviously need a pretty penny. They're not going to be looking to unload Justin Jefferson by any means. Um, But yeah, he could be gettable um, if Jefferson really wants out. And that's something that your boy Florio, I think has kind of been talking about for a while too and hinting at. And and I don't think it's going to arrive this off season and maybe, you know, they're willing, Justin Jefferson's kind of willing to, to, all right, let's give it a shot with this new coach and see how that goes. And maybe I'll be happier or whatever. The offense will feature me even more, whatever he wants to get there. And uh, obviously they'll be able to potentially sign him to an extension after this year um so i think next offseason could kind of be the real market or the real time that justin jefferson maybe moves but uh but yeah i think that's that's worth throwing into the the ring here just something to think about again for everyone like who are these who are these non-quarterbacks who might be on the move let me ask you a question uh one of the things that happens at the combine is we get to hear from the new coaches because the teams love to get their new coaches out in front of the media Uh, i'm always fascinated by it I like to get to know these people, and I think you can learn a lot uh, by what they say, but like you said, by what they don't say, oftentimes more so. Mm-hmm. Who is the head coach that you are most looking forward to hearing from? The new head coach at the Combine. Well, I could say Doug Peterson. That's a little too uh, on the nose, <laughs> I, I suppose. Um, maybe it's Josh McDaniels, because Josh McDaniels has – it's kind of crazy to me he's head coach again. Like I know that we had this discussion a little bit when we ranked our new head coach hires – and everything um, and maybe he has genuinely learned from his disastrous time in Denver but that's my point it's like that was a disaster like, you can't kind of you just gloss over that like, that was really bad it doesn't mean that the Raiders uh, tenure is gonna be the same way for him but he has a lot to prove to me I guess is my point and I kind of want to see you know how he starts off here and that, just because he has a good press conference doesn't mean uh, necessarily that uh, you know that it's going to go good or bad in Las Vegas, but I kind of want to see uh, what he has to say here and, and what, you know, his approach is to everything. And and I'm sure he's going to be asked about Derek Carr, which he already has been in his initial press conference, but like to see what the answer to, the, to that is and, uh, and everything else that's going on there. Um, who is it for you? Josh McDaniels, you are not buying the idea at all that he could have learned from his 
learned from his mistakes, figured out that, hey, I can't be such a jerk. I can't be finding people for like minor little tiny offenses. You don't think he's changed at all? I mean, I think there's at some level, like you are who you are and, you know, you can grow and evolve in certain ways, but there's like a core, you know, base there that some of that is like who you are and your personality and some Mm -hmm. things you might not be able to help. And yeah, I don't think it means that he's destined to failure, but I just kind of want to see how much he's growing, I guess, and trying to keep an eye on that and measure that somehow. That's fair. And I think that he's going to be under, I think, maybe the most scrutiny of any of the new head coaches because the last time we saw him, like you said, it was sort of a disaster. I'm kind of interested to, to hear from Matt Eberflus of the Bears. Mm. Um, he's somebody that I'm fascinated by his like coaching journey. The only reason he ended up in Indianapolis, speaking of Josh McDaniels, is because the Colts thought they were hiring McDaniels and McDaniels is the one that brought Eberflus to Indianapolis. And then he ends up staying there and obviously did a good job. The Colts had a very strong defense and now he's the head man in Chicago. And uh, one of the things he said that I thought was interesting, too, is he said he doesn't think the head coach should call plays. Hmm. which I really think is interesting because usually when you get a big time coordinator that becomes a head coach, like they kind of handle the play calling for whatever side of the ball that they're on. That's kind of their baby. But it, it shows me that he understands the management aspect of the head coaching position. And he's the only kind of one of these guys that I've heard say that. And so I'm, I'm that to me, says that he thinks about things in a different way. So that's a guy I'm looking forward to getting to know a little bit more uh, just because of that one comment kind of piqued my interest. Like, hey, this could be someone, you know, that's not just a run-of-the-mill coach. I think it'll be interesting, too, again, to kind of see his his revisited comments, if you will, on Justin Fields because, as, as I like to remind people, Justin Fields wasn't so good last year. And <laughs> I don't think there's... I don't think it's going to happen, but there has been like some stuff throughout the off season kind of floated out there that like, Hey, maybe the bears are kind of one and done with Justin Fields and, and move on from him already. And to me, it wouldn't be the dumbest move depending on what the return would be. If you realize like, Oh, he's actually not good. And you know, you're not going to commit to the sunk costs. Um, like RJ wants to apparently for the Colts and, and think they should just stick oh, with Carson geez. Wentz because it's better to have, trash than no trash um uh yeah so i I don't know i don't know um a ton about matt eberflus to your point um rj said we were too low on him maybe we were but i again i don't i don't we don't know i think a ton about him so yes he's kind of one of the guys who like josh mcdaniels we know what his deal is matt eberflus first time head coach we don't know a ton it'll be interesting to find out a little bit more about him and his philosophy I don't have anybody else on my list. That's that's pretty much everybody. But I want to say this when you hear all these press conferences, there are certain words and phrases that should trigger you as a listener. One, we have no plans or on the flip side, we are planning to. That doesn't mean anything. If you hear a head coach or a GM say that, disregard it. What their plans are are irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what they can do and what they can't do. So forget that. If you hear the phrase right now, again, disregard. Nothing that matters on March 1st. Who cares what's going on on March 1st? You have to look at the bigger picture there. So you can just avoid that altogether. Like these these coaches and these GMs, they know how to answer questions without having to actually answer a question. And it's on us to sort of disassemble that and take it apart and figure out what they're really saying or like you pointed out what they're not saying. What is your plan for dinner tonight, Stats? 
What's the plan? Well, I'm planning on right now doing a four course meal, appetizers, <laughs> desserts, uh, maybe some gazpacho, some amuse bouche. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna go all out. That's my plan right now mm-hmm. at 10 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday morning. So yeah, we'll see what happens when I eat dinner when we have yeah. uh, cold hot dogs. <laughs> Why would you eat that? What's happening? Is that a really is that a serious backup plan? <laughs> no, I was just I hope trying not. to think of like a quick a cold quick hot dinner. dogs. Uh, do you ever eat that? I'm I'm terrified now. No, no. If I do, okay. if we do hot dogs, usually it's in macaroni and cheese because my son like that's like uh, his all time favorite. That's like a, that's a that's like a classic like kids kind of like yep. That that's a big hit. I feel like with the kids, that's that's a strong move. Um, what's your preference for making a hot dog? Grill, hundred okay. percent grill. Yeah, okay. you got it. I like to. I cut it down the middle. I split it. So then you can put it flat oh, you on butterfly the burner. It. Okay. Yeah, and then you get it like kind of like crispy. That's mm. the that's the move. Have you seen these hot dog hamburgers? Like it's like a hamburger, but it's made out of hot dog. Or do I have something it backwards? Is it a hot dog made out of my brain? Yeah. That something in my brain does not like that. It's, it's like, like I think it, it's a it's like a hamburger patty like shape, but it's actually hot dog. So you can eat it on like a bun instead of you know like a hamburger bun instead of the the uh... nope. Immediately, no. I don't. Something about that. I can't. Nope. We're not going to be eating that tonight. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, nice little tangent there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think we covered it, Stats. I think the Combine has some value. This idea like the NFL needs to abolish it to me is a little much kind of piggybacking off your point that you guys made on the uh, Monday Football Monday podcast about how it just seems like there's change for the sake of change a lot, or at least like discussion about change for the sake of change like we need to change overtime because of this it's like we don't like it's it's fine we need to change the combine like i think it's fine like we don't need to just change things like i i i get the point on the other side that like we don't always need to just keep doing the same things all the time just because we've always done them i totally acknowledge that and i agree with that um there are times for alterations to be made but like the comment's fine i don't think it's broken i don't think it's particularly interesting but it doesn't need to be it's february or or late february slash early march like it's not the time where uh it's not the main thing the nfl does by any means it's just one of the many events in the offseason yeah, I agree. Although I think this year they are going to uh, debut some new drills at the combine, right? Like they decided to change it up, try and make it a little more valuable for these teams. Cause I think they recognize that like, Hey, some of this stuff it's, it's evolved BLG. Like we have wearable trackers now that players wear. We know exactly how fast they run. We, we have more information on these prospects than we've ever had before. So they have to make changes to account for that. And they should, Things should evolve, but evolve where necessary, not just change to change, like you said. So we'll see what happens with the combine. Uh, hopefully we get some juicy rumors, if nothing else, to kind of sustain us for the next couple of weeks before the new league year starts on March 16th. I think we're going to get a I'm going to make a quick prediction here. Ooh. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded in the next 16 days. Manifesting sh- it. <laughs> I think that John Lynch is is going around now, get the final lay of the land. I'm predicting I wouldn't be stunned at all if he's traded before the end of the combine, but he's definitely going to be moved before the start of the league year. Where is he going to end up, Stats? Tell it I, to me right now. I keep saying Pittsburgh. That's mm. the team that I have gone, I've said on radio shows and anybody that asked me. It just it's too similar to what the 49ers have now. He I think he would have more value to the Steelers because he's a veteran guy. Because he's had experience in the playoffs, 
I, I see that as a better fit than a team that's maybe not as close to winning, even if they might need a quarterback. Like he's a better fit to me in Denver, for example, or in Pittsburgh than he is in Denver. So right. I, I continue to say, and I don't think Steelers are going to have to give up that much to get him, but I see Jimmy Garoppolo in the yellow and black next year. I can envision that. I think it makes sense from a standpoint of the Steelers, they kind of put a high value, let's say, on the kind of players they're bringing in. And Jimmy yep. G, for all his faults, like has been two, two of the past three NFC championship games. Again, that's like kind of a sell as opposed to, let's say, trading for Carson Wentz, who melted down <laughs> in the final week yeah. of the season last year. Yep. And Carson Wentz might be, or I would say is, like more physically gifted than Jimmy G is. But yes. again, there's more baggage there. And I don't, that's, that, maybe I'm wrong. And the Steelers wound up acquiring him because at once upon a time, he was compared to Big Ben. And maybe the Steelers think they can fix him. But from, and maybe they think their organization will kind of uh, overcome some of the issues that he's had. It will uh, not. Off, uh, yeah, I agree. It will not. But um, maybe they feel that way. But to me, like, he just doesn't have that vibe of a Steelers player. Like, they're, like he, it's too much big loser energy. Like, they're not going to go for that. They're like, <laughs> we're not. No, we're the Steelers. We don't, like, we're not We're not that desperate. We're desperate. We need a quarterback. But we're not going to just go for that kind of mold. Whereas opposed to Jimmy G, like, at least, again, for his faults, like, his teammates seem to like him a lot. He's a good yep. leader or whatever. Um, that's something that I think they would value. So I can see that one. I think that's a good pick by you. Yeah. And when it, when it comes true, do I get anything? Do I get, like... I don't know, something for me. <laughs> I mean, you get the pick. The 49ers get the pick. That's, that's not enough for you. You want more yeah. on top of that? Great. 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 Congratulations. We get an extra fourth rounder and maybe in a fourth or a third next year. That'll be <laughs> a championship. Book it now. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. Like I have said, we are not going anywhere. We're going to have our free agency previews going to start next week. So we are going to break down the 2022 free agent class for you. So you definitely now it's a perfect time to follow. Make sure those episodes go right to your phone. You won't even have to think about it. PLG, I thank you as always for uh, guiding me down the podcast path. You're very lucky to have me as a co-host. <laughs> well done, sir. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.